Welcome to episode 20 of Something Inventive, Ducks in a Row, Anniversary Edition. Al and I talk about email scams, Facebook shadow profiles, email marketing advice, planning your marketing for next year, and how the world sends 2.6 million emails a second. Right. Um, so I best uh, we better get started then. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot of topics yeah. on today. Right, yeah. um, I'm just going to give a rundown because apparently people have said it's really nice to know what's coming up in a podcast. Mm. So I'm going to do that right That'd now. Be beautiful for me to be as well, to be honest. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Um, yeah, things I've only written the agenda about 20 minutes beforehand. So um, we're going to be looking at a GDPR update. Um, we did a recent interview, so I'm going to go into that briefly. Um, a little service called Rescam, which is quite interesting. Uh, Facebook Shadow Profiles is another one. Um, Lou has also written another article, uh, Five Steps to Your Email Marketing MOT. That's pretty good. We'll go through that. And then I w- I've come up with a five things that really people should be looking at while they're um, planning their marketing for 2018. So we're going to go through those, not in detail, because actually there's a great blog post on that, but I will uh, just run through those. Um, We have another podvert, and then Al has some exciting, funny thing at the end, which I haven't read yet, so he's going to go. Don't oversell it. But no, it's worth (laughs) listening to all the way through just to get to that, I think. It is, it is. Uh, And we're going to have, yeah, lots of teaser ad breaks in between. Maybe not. Okay, so um, let's start with the GDPR I recorded an interview with Rebecca Hardy, who's the practice director at Kidwell's Law in Hereford, and Jeremy Aldous Fountain, uh, who is a GDPR practitioner for Hexad Cybersecurity. And that was before a workshop that I attended uh, on GDPR. That was really good. If you want to find that, just do a Google search for rather inventive GDPR interview, and that should be one of the first results. Um, It's about 45 minutes, well worth listening to. And if you're in the Herefordshire area, I recommend going along to one of their workshops. Uh, Also, Claire, who was on last month, um, has written up our process that we're currently going through on GDPR. And I'm hoping she's going to be doing that over the coming months and really updating people on what we've been doing, what we've been going through, and, and any advice and guidance that we've received, she'll be putting on there. So you can see that it's on our blog. Um, and the title of it, I don't know. So I'm just going to have a quick search. It's not a great title. Oh, I see what you mean. Right. <laughs> uh, and the title of it is called Boiling Down the Essentials in GDPR, Our First Step in Navigating This New Regulation. And so that's on the first page of our news currently. Mm. I think we're well ahead of the curve on this. <clears throat> I get the feeling. I hope so. They, I think I think we're we're in good order. I think there's a lot. And certainly for what we do, reaching into so many different tools, talking with so many different clients, there's a lot of data and a lot of niggly things to sort out, but I won't go into it too much. But I think we're, yeah, I think we are ahead of the curve, as you say. So moving on to quite an interesting tool, and I don't think we talked about this last time, but it's called Rescan. And I saw this uh, while I was scanning through Twitter, and it's called, uh, it's a tool for scamming the scammers. And I recommend you go to their website, which is netsafe.org dot nz forward slash rescam and the links are going to be in the notes uh, on the blog post but what the tool does is if you get a um an offer from a very wealthy prince about transferring some money into your account because they're in trouble or something like that and you know it's a highly plausible story (laughs) 
Oh, why wouldn't you do it? So plausible. If, <laughs> if, um, if you get one of those sort of emails, um, then you can forward the email to um, a special email address they've set up. And what it will do is it will use um, artificial intelligence to have a conversation with that scammer. And then it will actually send you the transcript of the conversation <laughs> it's been having. That's very entertaining. Yeah. So I haven't... I haven't found a scam to try that with yet. I was thinking of forwarding one of your emails over, Al, just to what? see what happened. Oh, not an email I've written. Ben, where the visuals uh, that you, you promised me? And then I get a little chatbot uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. I wonder if you could use it for client um, liaison oh, no, and management. Yeah, if you just need a little bit more time on something, you could just forward it to that and they can have a little chat. And then, yeah, you've got an extra day then, really, haven't you, to do the work. That'd be quite good. Yeah, so the, the objective is that the rather than wasting your time and uh, potentially causing issues, what they want to do is waste the scammer's time. Because often at the end of it, mm. at the end of the email, there is a person who's sort of replying back, trying to fish mm. for information and get you to do, manipulate you, really. Yes. So this is trying to just basically waste their time by firing, having machines do that job. So I think it sounds like a great idea. It's a very good idea. It reminds me a little bit of um, it's it's a it's a, a step ahead, but there was a um, a site years and years ago called Four Hundred One Eater. Oh right. And the Four Hundred One uh, scam was like a it was like a code name for a scam, a bit like what you're saying, you know, like and it was all about transferring money, you know, into your account and so forth. And um, basically, yeah, people would reply back with just. Uh, you know, again, leading the scammers on essentially, but getting them to do various things in order to sort of prove that they're who they say they were and um, and then posting on the site. So it's like a kind of blog of like, you know, um, humiliating the scammers, I guess. And they would sort of pose with pictures of with signs and, and, and loaves of bread on their head and fish and like holding as many fish as they could. But they also did it on the phone. So they would record um, phone conversations mm. with them. And, and there was this absolutely brilliant one where... Um, they, they were just calling up the scammer saying, right, I'm just popping to the, I'm going to the bank now to do the transfer. I just wanted to check, you know, all the details and stuff. And, um, and they're you know, on the call, you could tell they're outside. And so the scammer's like, yes, you know, I'm about to get the money. And then, uh, and then the person who's actually scamming the scammer really is like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just crossing the road now to, uh, to put that. Ah! And then he kind of faked this car accident. <laughs> so he kind of faked being hit by this car, uh, just crossing the road to go to the bank. And with all this screaming, and you could hear people in the background screaming and stuff, and uh, and, and the other scammers at the other end going, you know, hello, <laughs> hello, yeah. and so it's just again leading them on, wasting their time. Well, it sounds very similar. To this it? is a step ahead. Yeah. Yes, this is a step ahead, and it also reminds me of um, a uh, video I saw recently of um, uh, uh, James. I think I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. James Veach or Veitch. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not someone I've seen before, but I think he might. He's, I think it's quite popular in America, and um, he's he's a bit like a sort of um, a Dave Gorman type oh, yeah, person. Yeah. And, and, um, but he, he uh, yeah, he's kind of got this little um, sketch he does where he he leads on the scammer. Uh, you know, he replies back to these emails, <laughs> sort of leads them on, and then goes to this convoluted thing of like code words for different things. You know, he's like saying, "We can't talk about this. You must use the code words." Is for that a TED talk? <laughs> I'm pretty, it could well I'm be pretty actually, sure yes. I've seen the TED talk of that, and it's quite funny. It wouldn't surprise me, yes. Uh, it, yes. Yeah. He's done some other brilliant videos, including ducks in, in the bathroom. But that's uh, that's not really related, other than it is very, very funny. <laughs> I'll see if, see, if, um, see if you can find that, and I'll see if I can find the TED talk, because it's 
No, it's definitely worth looking at. So actually, the the um, link I gave you previously was for an article about Rescam. If you want to go to Rescam directly, it's um, Rescam, R-E-S-C-A-M.org, Rescam.org. Um, definitely worth looking at. Although Google does a great job of removing them, so I haven't actually seen um, much email coming through on that, that side of things. Mm. Um, moving on to the next one. I just uh, I tweeted about this um, over the month and thought it was quite interesting. Um, or there's been in my pocket queue for some time. And it's about Facebook shadow profiles. So a shadow profile is is a profile that Facebook builds up about a person who is not yet on Facebook. So um, in this particular example, they if you upload email addresses of people you know, so when you sign up to Facebook, it's going to ask you, or oh, would you upload your emails? And then we can find your friends and tell them you're on Facebook or invite them in if they're not on Facebook. I might never do that. I yeah, well, it's great, like great that. for Facebook and quite innocent, you know, at the time. Mm. Yeah, well, why not? Um, the mm. problem with that is that um, Facebook can work out who you know from that information. So it might look at um, your address book and say, oh, Al's in that address book, but he's not on Facebook. Well, that's fine. Um, and then I know um, Lou over here knows Al. I wonder if Lou knows Ben. And so it's all set up to help them as part of the system to help them with the people you may know um, recommendation system. It's using the shadow mm. profile of people who don't exist to um, infer sort of relationships or potential relationships between people. And there were some examples mm. there. Let me pull them up. Um, some examples about, um, yeah, so a social worker whose client called her by her nickname on their second visit because they'd shown up in the people you may know, despite they'd never exchanged contact information. So the social worker and their client had never, ever um, shared personal information. But because they're both on Facebook and they both knew other people, um, maybe had the same uh, contact details in maybe as part of the council or, or the government, then then they were linked up that way. Um, and it's it goes into more depth about then how Facebook will build up that shadow pro profile of you, not just on Facebook, but as you move around the web. Facebook has its Facebook pixel and its timeline embedded on other websites, which it can use if you're logged in. And you move onto those pages to tell what mm. what um, websites mm. you've been looking at. So it really builds up a full history oh, of, of you. Yeah, oh, which absolutely. is from Why your their it? point of view, it's totally understandable and it makes sense because they can identify what you're interested in, what you've been looking at, and so they can help tailor ads to you better. But it can be used in ways that aren't so good, or or in or in this case, highlight um, highlight problems. And how does GDPR fit in with something like Facebook? Because they're not like a UK company. Yeah, well, it will, it will apply to them. So, yeah. I mean, Otherwise, they data off us. Really? Because they're getting data off yeah. us left, right. So I'd center. imagine they're on this. They're not going to give that. Um, they must be looking at it and it will affect them. And it's going to be a case of they will have, um, have to offer better controls about what we want to be on there, which they do have some of that, but I think they still have this sort of this shadow profile or other information which they don't tell you about, which isn't stuff you've put on there, but they hold about you mm. and they know about oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, to hold information about all the people you've met and look at all these links, you know, that's not something I've asked for mm. or, or said that that's okay. So, you know, they're taking, yeah, well, here's taking the mick a bit there, aren't they? They're just yeah. trying to take and over with everything. And it's like, you know, you know what? Here's the no. problem. <laughs> if um, I uploaded 
information which had your email address in it, but you didn't upload yeah. anyone's email, but you wanted to be you want to be removed from this people you you may know system. You can't easily do that because yeah. I've uploaded your email address. Wow. Now it's going to be different now because obviously oh, yeah. your email address is your personal information, whether I've uploaded it or not, it's still your personal information. So they're obviously going to have to, to comply with the law, remove that completely. Yeah. I'm, I, I will be interested to see how they handle it because it's something that is quite important. I think they will, they will handle it in the best way they can by writing into the terms and conditions and maybe even making some systems not work so well if you don't have that information in there. But their main aim is to keep as many people mm. in the system as possible, because otherwise Facebook doesn't work. Of course. Of course, yeah. I'm just applying that to kind of, um, you know, a, a physical address. So it's like we're very protective of our email address. But, you know, our, our mm. address is known, isn't it, to various authorities, yeah. our, our physical home address. That doesn't seem to worry yeah. us so much. Or even telephone number for that matter, mm. actually. A lot of people aren't worried about their telephone number being known. Mm. But again, that can be used to cross-reference. Once you know a telephone number, you can then cross-reference yeah. other information you have, and you can pick up little snippets of information and piece them together by just having known unique identifiers yeah. like an email address or mobile. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite. Um. Uh. When I get something on FreeCycle or I'm looking for something on FreeCycle, occasionally people mm. will use their real email address, not like a kind of a a FreeCycle one. And from that, I can usually work out where they live, and it's useful because I I don't drive, so I'm thinking, well, I don't want to hassle them with um going to pick this thing up if i can't physically get there so nine times out of ten i where <laughs> i can work out where they live fairly quickly uh through de de various different means there was one where um i found uh something on on facebook she posted a picture of of like mm. um a local event that like uh, there was a fire in the nearby town and she'd taken a picture outside the front door of that fire and i could work out because i knew where the fire was i could work out the way her street was aligned. And then from that, I could work out what street she lived on. And I worked out where her house was. <laughs> yeah. But that's that people do it. And yeah. it, you can, you can do it. It doesn't take long. And if, if those people run their own businesses, well, they've got no chance because, um, yeah, the, it's really easy to find because they're all over the place, you know, with their address. Well, Al, I've so got a forth. good book that I can re recommend yeah. to you. I haven't finished reading it, but it is very good. And it's called the smart girl's guide to privacy. Now don't be put off by the name. And you're thinking Don't I should put off by the name. Um, it's obviously, it, it, <laughs> I didn't know you knew about that. <laughs> it's obviously aimed at women and young women, particularly to protect them online. But I, I got it as part of a, a pack of games and other books and things. Um, it's very good. And it talks about actually having a, um, an alternative identity and having different grades where you offer up different bits of information, and what information is more useful to people than others. It's brilliant. So it's almost saying if you're going to audit your security and your privacy, it's looking at what companies hold what information about you. Do they need to hold that? If they don't, but they need an address, can you give them a fake address? Not someone else's address, but a totally fake address and things like that. So it's um, very interesting. I'll, I'll, make, yeah. I'll um, find out where you can get a copy of it. It's very good. There would be a great, um, there would be a very handy thing to have a fake address because when you put, even into something like WooCommerce now, when you put in a fake postcode, yeah. it kind of knows it's a fake postcode and, and being yourself, you know, being, you know, uh, an honest citizen, I don't mm. want to just put someone else's address in there. And, then and that is wrong. Whatever this thing is. But to do but, that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, indeed, and I don't. So it's, it's just, really just know whether it's but, important to for them to have it. Yeah, but I don't maybe want to give this mm. these people my address. So it's like it would be great if there was just a central bogus address that everyone was quite happy to use. Uh, there was a similar thing on Radio One uh, years and years ago, but, but it was just this bogus like phone number, and they would read out the messages on the radio <laughs> from people saying, yeah, "I met you last night," and da 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 da. And of course, it's just this bogus number, which is <laughs> sort of centrally uh, controlled. But it'd be good if you could have an address that just said, "Don't ever contact me," you know. Uh, I don't want to give you my address, London sort of thing, you know. That. I think Maybe I, I think that, that, that that's on a winner. Yeah, people people would pay for that sort of that address, yeah. um, a legitimate address they can use. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a good um, yeah, it's it's a good good book to go through, and I, um, it's something that we're looking at going through as a family, actually going through and 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 basically auditing what what websites we need, what we don't, who has our information, who. I mean, for me, it's actually quite interesting to do that. For my wife, it's it's not, but um, she 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 understands the use of it. Anyway, we're diving into the sort of deep deep dark world of security here, which is not not what we uh, what you know we want nice light interesting subjects. Yeah. On, on reverse, that note, reverse. let's move over to the sponsor for a nice light interesting subject. So I'm going to talk about TikTok. So we've uh, recently made some changes to this, improved it, added some uh, many more checklists in there, and it's something we're going to be doing ongoing, certainly into next year. Um, so TikTok is for any startup or small business who wants to promote themselves online and just needs a little bit of help. If you don't know where to start, who to trust, or feel you're just too busy running a company to make time for marketing, then TikTok might be a good fit for you. It provides you with simple tasks to act on right away, and each task includes examples, downloads, or the steps needed to complete it, plus a big button to tick it off when you're done. We've designed TikTok so you can progress from newbie to pro at your own speed, developing confidence and learning more with each task. Uh, you don't need to pay anything straight away, and you can sign up for a free trial for 30 days at ticked-off.com with just your name and email and no credit card. And you can put in a bogus name if you like, although the email is required. TikTok helps you be the boss of your marketing one task at a time. Okay, so uh, as we lighten the tone a little bit, um, I'm going to just very briefly mention uh, an article written by Lou, um, and that's five steps to your email marketing MOT. I won't go into it in depth, but there was just going to pull out a very interesting uh, element from it, which is, oh, what point number is it? Point number... I think it's three, and it's about avoiding clickbait. So basically, set readers' expectations in um, in the subject line. So don't lure them in with false advertising. Because the problem with that is I, I found a lot of, um, or some clients, they want to have a nice, catchy subject to bring people in, but then they don't deliver on that promise. And I think it is important to do that. And hopefully we do in our subject titles. And if we don't, let me know. And you can find that on our blog. Look for five simple steps to to your email marketing MOT. Okay, so moving on. Um, it's obviously coming up to the end of the year now. Quite fast approaching. We're, we're in the last weeks before Christmas. And I, at this time of year, I start looking at my cash flow, um, planning ahead for the next year, looking at what projects we've got coming in and really trying to predict what's going to happen where possible, make a best guess, if anything. But also um, in line with that, looking at the marketing. And if we, you know, if we've got certain months where we need to pick up uh, and get some more income in, what can we do for those particular months? So marketing really 
is um, forms the baseline for what you want to do to drive the business. So I came up with five things that we should be looking at uh, when we're planning our marketing for 2018. So I'm going to very quickly run through them. But actually, I've got a great video that we recorded recently that you can view on our blog. Um, again, that should be one of the latest ones on there. So I've uh, titled it, Get Your Ducks in a Row for 2018, What to Review When Planning Your Marketing. So in number one, I think the first thing you should do is look back at the previous year and just think about what worked well and um, ditch anything that doesn't. And actually, I actually quite like this process. It's really nice to, to go back through and, and think about what worked for us as a business, you know, what, what we liked doing, what clients responded well to. Um, it's a really nice process to do. And you can actually pull out from that anything that worked well and then use that again or adapt it, tweak it and change it for, for next year. Um, the other thing to do is to look at your objectives. Do you want more sales? Do you, are you going to bring in new products next year? Do you want more family time? Um, and how do those objectives impact your cash flow? And how do you need to develop new business to fulfill those? So that's part of your plan, but start with reviewing the previous year. Um, so number two is to review your marketing website. And so really, this is just about looking through the key pages on your website, making sure you're still happy with them, that they make sense. Um, maybe looking through, is it easy for a visitor to find out what you do and um, how your product or service can benefit them? Uh, making sure you have cookie and privacy policy on your, on your site. Obviously, with um, GDPR, that's going to change. But for the meantime, you want to make sure they're on there and revise them next year. Um, I can recommend a good site to buy. Um, policies like that and that's contractstore.com and you can go on there and just buy quite reasonably priced uh, terms and conditions privacy policies and so on and and finally make sure it's backed up so particularly if you've got wordpress as well make sure it's regularly updated because you might find that if you've left your site for some time a lot of the plugins need updating wordpress needs updating and that brings the risk of it becoming vulnerable to hack which we've talked about on podcasts previously I'll try and link them in the show notes. Um, so make sure it's um, make sure WordPress is updated and back it up before you do so. Um, number three is to review your social and blog efforts. And I th there's a couple of key things I want to mention here. One is to look at your social networks. Which ones do you like using? Which ones give you the most shares and conversation? Basically, which ones give you the most return on your investment of time? And you want to focus on those. You know, if, you, if you're finding that Twitter is not bringing you anything back, it's not bringing visits to your website, then just maybe stop using it or, or, or not worry about actively engaging in it so much and focus on, on the ones that do. Another thing to look at is your blog. Um, look at are you providing customers with answers to common questions? So again, think back through questions that customers have asked you while on the phone as part of a sales call or in person like us if we go out and visit them there's a lot of questions that come up so try and incorporate those into blog posts and a really good tool and we've mentioned this before i believe it's called answer the public and if you go there you can actually type put in words um such as um i went to see a yoga instructor the other day so you'd put in yoga and it comes up with lots of ideas about what you could write about what questions people ask um, on yoga, and then you can make blog articles about them. And finally, is there any opportunity for video? Um, just like the um, five tips to review that I've got, there's a little video that goes along with that. Is video a better mechanism than just writing about a blog? 
it's often easier for people to watch a video than it is to read something just as having a podcast is a lot easier to listen to while you're out in the car so think about whether video or audio is a good mechanism and whether you can do more of it uh, number four is to review your ad campaigns a lot of people have ongoing ad campaigns and so they have a regular amounts they've set up the ad and they just leave it i recommend not doing this because you're over time, you're probably not going to be getting the, the same return. And you want to be looking at it on a monthly, if not a weekly basis to make sure that you're getting the right amount of clicks through or whatever your objective is. Number five, look into GDPR. I know we've talked a lot about it, but it's worth looking into if you have no clue. And believe me, there's, there's people I've met over the, the last few weeks who have no idea what it is. You need to become familiar with it and, and work out how much um, exposure you have. Um, so if you're not looked into yet, listen to the interview that I've talked about. So that's it really. I mean, there are lots of things that people can look at, but I, I recommend just reviewing key aspects of your marketing for 2018. So Al. You've got something fun, interesting, exciting. Yeah, it, it's not it's not really any of those things. But um, what I was thinking, uh, you mentioned before, um, I think this is our 20th episode. Is that right? It is, yeah. So I thought, well, okay, statistics. So I thought, why don't we just have a, an end, a fun end of year quiz on uh, internet statistics? Not yeah, no, quizzes. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, this is really, really uh, quickly prepared. So it is okay, not in the way. Hold on, let me, let, me, let me just get settled. Yeah. Settled. Right, go for it. Okay, so uh, how many of the top 10 most popular websites can you name, do you think? What do you think are the most top 10 most used websites are in Okay, so Facebook. Yes, that's Google. number one. That's number two. Um. Oh, um, I, I was Twitter, but no, I don't think Twitter. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, Reddit. No, Reddit's no. not in there. But oh, Twitter's no. in the list. Is it? Is it? Oh, I'm yeah, surprised. Four. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Twitter's in there. Um, Bing. Yeah, Bing's number ten, which is surprising. Mm, it, isn't is, it? it is used by a lot of people. Sometimes forget about other search engines that other search engines are available. <laughs> and Bing and Yahoo, particularly in other countries, is really, really popular. Okay. Um, who else? Um, I, I'm, th I'm, I'm kind of thinking YouTube will be in there. Yeah, that's number three. You're doing really well. Are you sure not reading the same? I'm not. List no, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Um, how about Apple? No, no, that's not there. popular. But they probably don't get a huge amount of visits to their yeah, website. Yeah, maybe a lot of people using their stuff, but they don't. Yeah, I don't really go to the Apple website very I'm, much. It's, so, it's, no. it's going to be websites that people visit on a very, very regular basis. Mm. So you've got other ones potentially like um, MSN. No, that's not there. That's, no, a, that's no. the Microsoft News site. And the reason I, the reason I was thinking that is because yeah, often yeah. a lot of people come out of Hotmail. People still do use Hotmail. And oh. they'll get dumped to at the MSN uh, news page. Yeah, and they've got a lot of clickbaity type links yeah. in there. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, what does that mean? And yeah, you, it does hook you in. And then you're like, oh, it's already the afternoon. Uh, okay, <laughs> I do some work now. Okay. Yes, good, good idea, but no. So I'm, I'm struggling now. So I'm thinking of other mm. forums like... Um, There's a big one, a bit like that. that just maybe just slipped your mind. Oh, there is. There, there's a really big one for coders. Um, if, uh, let's, that's a bit niche. What about yeah. everyone who works? Oh, LinkedIn. Yes, exactly. 
I'm How six. could I forget LinkedIn? I so. know, but it's one of those things. You just, yeah, you're sort of used to it. Um, so we've mentioned Yahoo, Bing, Facebook, Google, YouTube, LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck These now. These are all kind of big company organizations. Yeah, but money. they're, they're ones that what's people one use. one that doesn't earn any money? What, what's one, uh, what's one that's really popular, that actually has very few staff and doesn't really actually earn any money for anyone? Oh, Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. Wikipedia. Yes. Cause they've always got the, the begging note at the top. I know. Um, no, they don't have very many staff, do they? So they they run a quite a tight ship, unlike Twitter, <laughs> who have far too many staff for what they actually need. Mm. Um, so what, we've got two left? Yeah. I'm not sure I'll get... Well, you might get these. You might do. But one of them, there's three left. You won't get one of them. I'm hearing Doesn't the countdown mean. clock going... Yeah, please put me out of my misery. So eBay... I I just don't use eBay website much. I think I may be responsible for putting this in the top 10. I'm on it constantly. Uh, Instagram. Yeah. Never on that at all. Amazon. No, Amazon's not there. Really? But but yeah, but a a Chinese search engine's there called Beidou. Oh yeah. Yes. And I have, I have heard 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 of it. But it's not, I wouldn't associate that, you know, I wouldn't put that in the top 10, but it's there. Yeah, you'd think Amazon would be there, wouldn't you? But it's not. But actually, um, are we talking websites or apps? Because I think a lot of people probably mm, use the app now. Good question. Yes. I think this is just websites. So, mm. yeah, good point. Um, okay. So moving on from that enthralling quiz. <laughs> it's like a pub quiz. Where's my pint? Sort of. Um, you have to get your own. Moving on from uh, from the YouTube uh, being on the top three. I, it reminded me of a stat I heard the other day. How long do you think it would take to watch every single clip on youtube oh wow um in years i guess whatever you think oh wow more than minutes <laughs> could be light years i don't know i do know because i've got the answer here um i'm, I'm gonna go with two thousand years wow that's no that's not a bad guess um they estimate that for every video that you watch a thousand more are uploaded during the time that you've watched that one. Oh, video. right. So you'd never finish. Well, you could finish because they might be shorter than the video you watched. Yeah. <laughs> they might be very quick. Uh, but, and, and the theory, uh, they can only, as you say, because it's constantly growing, it's very hard to measure because it's not finite. Mm. But they're saying if, if the growth rate is the same over the next 10 years as it has been over the previous 10 years, and actually I think it'll probably be more, um, it would take you 60,000 years of nonstop watching. Wow. To watch every video. And even when you got to the end, then there would be more videos yes. to watch. So in theory, yes. Uh, yeah, you may never get to the end, but that's how long it would take. So um, yeah, it's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's how much information is out there. Crazy, really. And then that led me on to thinking, what is the most popular video on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Do you know that? One? So is it going to have a cat in it? There might be a cat in it. I think there probably is, but I I didn't notice the cat. There usually are. There's usually a cat in in, in a video. Um, is it it's a music the, um, video? It is, yeah. Which um, is a trend lately with music videos being the most popular, rather than these sort of viral funny cat videos mm. or you know things like that. Um, yeah, it is a music video which you probably haven't heard of. Um, well, I, I was going to say it's the Call Me Maybe. But because of that, that was, well, from what I remember, I, I'm not a YouTuber, but from what I remember, that was one of the sort of big songs that got copied a lot. Mm. 
So um, uh, no, I don't know. No, it's um, it's a song called Despacito. Oh, right, it's Spanish and filmed on in Puerto Rico, and it only got uploaded in January of this year, and it's had four point four billion views, and it is the most watched video on YouTube, beating um, Gangnam Style, which is also in the like top five. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one, but yes, that was um, that was again that was replicated a lot of times by other people yeah. And copied. Yeah, uh, and uh, mostly music videos. Mm. Yeah, yeah, beating. Uh, beating the sort of trend for viral videos like Charlie Bit My Finger and stuff, which I never found that funny anyway. I've I've never heard of that. You've never heard of Charlie Bit My Finger? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it later. So I heard the other day on a podcast uh, that Google have withdrawn rights for Amazon to use YouTube on their show, their um, like Echo with a screen, um, because they are not, um, they're sort of not implementing it in the right way. I assume so they don't show adverts on there. Um I'm not sure what what the details are, but uh, the, the conversation went on to how important is that for Amazon? Who 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 loses out there? And I, I I would imagine Google doesn't really lose out. They'd rather have it done properly. But would the same happen with um, hmm. um, Apple and, and Google? You know, would Google have that power? And, it, and it's purely yeah, because it's actually the way they watch TV. And certainly, my children when they're on their iPad, then they'll be watching YouTube. Generally, if they have a choice, they will choose what they want to watch, which could be a Minecraft video or how to do something. Um, that is how they that's how they find out and that that's their TV channel. So it's quite interesting, really, how things have changed that, you know, broadcast TV is not uh, is not interesting to people anymore. No, people very much like things when they want it. It's quite selfish, mm. you know, um, on demand, isn't it? You know, mm. things are very much on demand, which does make a lot of sense if you've only got half an hour or an hour at a certain time of day you know and you flip through the there's like you know 100 channels and you look through you think yeah. there's actually nothing on that i want to watch you know yeah. uh so it makes sense to yeah watch something you do you do want but i i find i spend half an hour trying to find that thing and then i'm like oh, i've got to go and do the other thing now it's, so um, it's, i think it's similar with music videos that um i think youtube i don't know the stat but i think youtube is one of the biggest music um uh, not companies, but pl- places to listen to music. You know, you've got Apple Music, you've got Spotify, but you've also, also got yeah. YouTube because it's, yeah. it's totally, totally free. Funny enough, I've just been started doing that these last couple of weeks since mm-hmm. we, I think we uh, spoke about what music we we listen to when we're working. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this week, I've been mostly listening to eighties um, uh, synth retro mixes. No, oh, really. Mm-hmm. And what's inspired you? I don't know. I just sort of got there from somewhere. That's what that's what's good from YouTube is it'll sort of play the next thing, and then it, uh, and then there's other sort of other things you might be interested in on the right. So I've I've got I've got there from listening to Hans Zimmer. Oh yeah, know. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, so do do um, share that with me, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so people, other people can have a listen to eighties synth music. Yeah. Um, okay, I derailed you. Go um, carry oh, on. Don't worry. This is this is fine. Um, and then I remembered about this website I saw where it shows you real time things that are occurring on the internet. Um, I've just got to go and find that because all the numbers will have changed since I last looked at it. <laughs> uh, it's quite a scary site. It's called internetlivestats.com. I'm sure a lot of it is just an algorithm that. that works it out um, rather than it being real. But it is, it's probably quite accurate. I, it probably isn't exactly accurate, but it's. Some of it, I think, is spot on. Other things, they have to guess. But it'll tell you how many emails have been sent today um, and, and how many people have signed up to Facebook since you've been looking at the page and stuff. And uh, it's there's some big numbers there. And it puts a real number on, on on the size of 
the internet and the internet usage around the world. Which is yeah, quite so I'd like to know where these are collected. Don't go and look at it because you'll be able to answer the questions. Oh, right, right. Close, close, close. Sorry. <laughs> um, so how many emails do you think are sent in one second around the world? Okay, that's one I didn't see. Um, mm. Promise. Right, so how many emails? Um, uh, one second. A lot, because uh, we're including spam, so we're including unfiltered yes. emails. Uh, right. Let's, let's. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there, a billion. How about that? Uh, it's a bit less, actually. 2.6 million. Okay. One in a second. And from what I can see in here, three out of four are spam. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> So this, these chatbots are going to be real busy uh, replying back to all these spam people. Um, so that, that's quite a funny number. And if you do go back to the the homepage, um, oh, yeah, let's just quickly ask, how many... Um, Tweets, do you think, are sent in a second? Oh, I did know this because uh, I used to give Twitter workshops. So it's one of the stats um, I I had, but uh, I don't know. So, so I'll say in, in a second, how many tweets? Um, 6,000. Oh, it's a little bit more. It's um, just shy of 8,000. Oh, that's not far, though. That's it's best, best for us with emails. It may well have gone up. Yeah, it may well have gone up since your um, Twitter <laughs> workshops yeah. you may have increased it. well i was just thinking that you know all of that is passing through twitter so it's, it's all very dependent on twitter central servers and they're all quite small um blobs of data whereas emails vary in size but they're sent they're decentralized so they can be sent from anywhere and any machine you know you could have little little internet of things like even my uh my wemo plug which controls my heating that sends me an email um, from belkin every month telling me what um date what not that what data i've used but what energy i've used Mm. So even those things, sort of things. Okay, go on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, just the last one. Um, how many websites do you think there are in the world? <laughs> Total number of websites. Total number of websites. Mm. It's going up, as I speak, about, let's have a look. It's about uh, five a second. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm stumped, but I'm going to say it's five. No, not five million. It's it's going to be if. Let's go for eight hundred million. It's actually one point three billion. Okay, not too far then. It's not 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 you're not massively out. That's an enormous number. So that's that's like um, one web page for every four people. Is it for no no every uh, six people? Is there six or seven billion people in the world? Something like that. I, you're asking me now. I don't know. Okay. I actually don't know the answer. I think, let's say seven. Um, so that's, that's quite a few web pages. Mm. If you have a look on the Internet Live Stats, you can see the numbers just ticking up. The emails one is frightening. <laughs> it's extremely fast, the number of emails sent. Wow. Which, again, mostly spam. And maybe a lot of emails. I have a thing about emails, people just forwarding emails saying, see below do this see below well i mean that's so, you know save that one out i think we need to talk about yeah. efficient communication yeah. and okay, emails well, coming to that i'll rain that back in yeah and then uh, just videos viewed on youtube today is is uh is that billion? Oh, hang on a minute yeah 3.1 billion videos just today viewed on youtube you know that's going up literally a hundred thousand a second <laughs> you know it, the, the numbers here are astonishing and it really does put um, wow. Oh, God, this one's bad. Number of websites hacked today. 
That's a bit depressing. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's all a bit depressing yeah. when you get to that. Oh, well, we'll put that yeah. in. That, that, that sounds fascinating yeah. to look at. Um, it reminds me, stats, um, some people every year will um, give a like a like uh, an account of what they have been doing from a personal point of view. So they'll give their sort of stats throughout the year. Um, and I've also seen a few businesses do this. Um, and I think it's quite quite an interesting process. And I've, I've wanted to do it for the last few years. But it's one of those sort of things to collect and publish stats and make them look interesting is is quite a feat. Um, and the examples I wanted to collect are, you know, the, the number of clients we've worked with over the year, um, the number of um, work, cups of coffee consumed. Cups of coffee consumed. I, I could pretty work that, probably work that out. It's about um, three a day for me uh, on a weekday. Mm. Um, the number of miles traveled to clients, because that, that's quite a nice mm. metric because I want to reduce that. So it's quite nice to have numbers that you want to reduce in there. Um, another one is, um, you know, favorite browsers for, for for people who visit our clients' websites. Interesting. Um, which is fine. It's not tricky to collect. It just means a bit of a trawling around um, Google Analytics and then some fun that way or top searches, you know. You could have an hour spent collecting all the statistics. <laughs> yeah. How long collecting all the statistics? Yeah, it's quite fun. Well, thank you very much for that, Al. That's uh, that's quite fun. So if you can um, okay. provide me with any of the links, we'll put them in the show notes. I will do. I just wanted to end with one kind of sobering oh, okay. uh, statistic, which is um, that I, something I heard yesterday, that um, one in three people around the world don't have access to a toilet. Oh, wow. Even though, you know, we think about the internet and then it's global, there's still people in the world without a toilet or basic facilities. Mm. So it's just important to keep that in mind, especially at Christmas. I think. So when we're moaning about our internet being a little bit slow and YouTube videos stuttering, we should think again <laughs> that we're lucky to have it. Mm, exactly. I don't know why I said especially at Christmas, because it doesn't really matter what time of year no, it is. it shouldn't. It's all the time. Well, um, yes, good, good thought to end on. And um, mm. as you said, it's our 20th show and it's the last show of this year. And we'll be coming back in January we're recording then um so thanks to everyone who's been listening over the past 20 episodes um it doesn't seem like much but it's it's quite a big thing to do for us every single month and hopefully it's been um interesting for people and they've got a lot from it we would like to hear from you so if you do have any thoughts comments follow up or you want to be featured in some way on the show do get in touch with us you can contact me on hello at rather inventive or you can just broadcast on twitter to at rather inventive and we'll get in touch. Um, if you have a podvert that you'd like to promote, um, you can mention at Rather Inventive and the hashtag podvert. And you can mention any product service or anything that you've got coming up, and we will read it out on, on the next um, available episode. You can get hold of Al on Twitter. He's at InventorBal, or I am at Ben Kinnaird. And hopefully everything we mention, all the links, all the useful information will be put in part of the show notes, which will go as part of a uh, blog post on our website. So you can go to ratherinventive.com slash podcast and look for the latest one there. And finally, if you do like the show, please leave a review in iTunes because that is a signal for iTunes to share the show with other people when it comes up in search, if they're looking for um, topics that we cover. So do go to iTunes, find our show. There'll be a link in the show notes and just leave a review there and that will help us and a little thank you from you. So Al, um, and to everyone out there listening, I uh, hope you have a nice time, whatever you're doing, how are you going to celebrate uh, this uh, fun seasonal time of the year? Um, and thanks for listening. Boom. Goodbye. See you next year. Bye.